0: to the Utah Man podcast. For fans by fans.
1: Your number one Utah Utes podcast. Now, your hosts,
2: Cameron, Ryan and Scott.
1: All right, welcome on into the Utah Man podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the terrible game of Utah Arizona State and looking forward to Utah Going to Eugene to take on the Ducks. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan.
2: Hey, Ute Nation. And we have Scott. I am here. I showed up. <laughs> At least
1: you did. <laughs> Utah didn't come out of locker room. I Can't am
2: here.
0: Can't say the same about the team.
1: Yikes, that was bad. Good golly. So Utah falls 30-10. to 10 and a twenty-point
2: loss. It wasn't, even a, it wasn't even that close. It felt, it felt worse than it that. Was a, let's be honest. It was a twenty-seven-point loss. <laughs> garbage, garbage. TDs don't count. When they scored that touchdown, I didn't even get out of my seat or clap. I was like, <laughs> they don't
0: deserve it.
2: That was—I uh, want to say uncharacteristic, but I'm not sure that it is. It's just—it's—it's it's like we've hit our November stride in October. Unfortunately,
0: but did did we really see that type of performance coming? Though, yes, really, I did. I called it before the season started. Three, three points, you saw that
1: coming. Three points. Oh, I didn't. I'm ASU. not going to say three points, but I knew going in with all uh... oh, hell, Cameron. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I I I said this going in with first year starting quarterback. With a brand new O.C., a brand new offense, this game was expected. A young quarterback, a young O.C., they're going to lose a game they shouldn't lose. This is that game. Are there more? Maybe. But it was bound to happen. Well, they don't You can't get go through college football with that much experience and be flawless all season.
0: Well, if they don't get it fixed,
2: there's going to be more than that one. Well, I mean, I think, I think it's easy for any fan base, you know, you follow the team so closely as, as many of us do from, you know, off season through spring into fall camp and everybody's expectations get pretty high, even when maybe they, they shouldn't have. And, uh, this, this, regardless of what we all maybe painted over it, it's a rebuilding year and a lot of young talent we lost a lot of talent and and we're seeing that we're seeing guys just not ready to play guys not maybe ready to be in starting positions I, I don't i don't i really don't think it's a it's a knock on our talent i just don't i just don't think we're ready i think i think we're we're pretty young in too many spots and you put that i mean we're young at the oc position no, nobody wants to talk about that because we all have just been praising Troy Taylor. But he's showing that you know he's learning how to call games and how to prepare teams at the Pac-12 level.
1: And two years ago, he was coaching high school ball.
2: Yeah, last I, year he was in the Big Sky, and he did on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it really was not a good performance. We've had three consecutive losses, and three teams whose players after the game have said. How they, through film study, they knew exactly what we were going to do. I mean, it, it does not matter who our OC is. That is the <laughs> statement from every opposing defense over the last decade at Utah. Well,
0: the three of us, well, I'm going to speak, I'll speak for myself. I don't know X's and O's when it comes to football,
2: but, well, all <laughs> hell Cameron does. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> but when guys like me see them line up in certain formations you know what's coming so wh- what does he expect from coaches who have been in this is their profession they they obviously know what's coming
1: i think every level they know what's coming in division one football you never get surprised coaches don't get surprised they know teams tendencies they know what they like to run even Bradley and I said after the game that they knew what Arizona State was going to run. So are you going to say that Arizona State's offensive coordinator is bad, Scott?
2: <laughs> Did you see our defense? <laughs> I would beg to differ that we didn't know what they were doing.
1: <laughs> no, Bradley and I said they didn't do anything different from film. We knew what they were going to come out and run. We just didn't execute. That's what, it, that's what it comes down to.
0: Whittingham today basically said it was technique on the edges that cost them the game.
2: On the defensive side. On the, side. Defensive, on the side defensive, defensive side of the ball. Side. And on the offensive side, it was the edges. It was the middle. <laughs> it was the, the underbelly. It was over the top. It was everywhere. I do want to get to one point that you said earlier, Scott. You said that
1: it's just not the time, right? It's rebuilding. I honestly think that this team reminds me of Washington from two years ago. 2015 Washington. It was Jake Browning's freshman year. They went seven and six overall, four and five in Pac twelve, and they lost to Arizona State twenty seven to seventeen, and Arizona State finished with a losing record that year. And look at Washington now. I'm not saying that (laughs) Washington
2: now scored (laughs) seven against Arizona State. They were in the playoffs last year. No, I, I, still, I understand your point. Okay. I understand So
1: what, and what I mean is I'm not saying that Utah is a year away from the playoffs or even two years away from the playoffs. But that's where I'm seeing this team. And I know Whittingham said that blaming youth is bullcrap. I fully believe that, that you can't just mark up a loss and say, oh, it's just youth, we can't do anything about it. But it's just got to keep those expectations in reality. A young quarterback, a young O.C., We're going to have growing pains.
2: Oh, most definitely. I I just don't think anybody anticipated it quite like this. And it was just, I mean, it was just, I think the thing that kind of bothered me about that game was we lost to Stanford. We lost to uh, USC. Two good teams. We didn't, it's okay to lose. It's okay to get beat because there's other good teams in this conference. I just felt like, man, we didn't even show up. There was no, there was no fire. There was just no, no urgency. And I don't know if that's a lack of leadership, if leadership is still trying to find its, you know, come to the forefront and and figure things out themselves. But that to me was what struck me. It's one thing to lose and just get beat. It's another thing to just not show up. I mean. Our last four conference games at home, we've lost. Rice Eccles sells out every game. The fans are there. The fans are ready to cheer. And and over those last four conference games, the team has just not shown up. You go. You go back to uh, Oregon last year, and uh, and what we've seen this year, there's just there's no buzz in the stadium because there's nothing to get excited about uh, th- this was
0: very reminiscent of the UNLV game back in 07 or how it was one it was probably another game that I don't think we really saw coming and it was just plain awful
1: it didn't didn't show up so talking about not showing up the effort one key stat that I I take away from this game is Arizona State. Eight of sixteen on third down conversions. That's fifty percent. Their average on the year is forty-two. Utah, three of ten for thirty percent. And Arizona State Which is
2: about our average. A- Unfortunately. Uh, ASU's is. giving
1: up over 40% on the year. I think that's a telling stat right there of just effort on third down. Who wants it more? And I know a lot of things come into play with How is it third and five or third and short, third and long? But at the end of the day, when you're looking at what team showed up to play, it wasn't Utah.
2: No, it wasn't. And, uh, you know, I mean, you got to give ASU credit. They are playing. They're playing really well. They've hit their stride. They figure some things out. I mean, they were awful defensively all of last year. Early on in the season, they were awful. What the
1: crap? They just turned a switch on Washington, And, and I thought it was a fluke.
2: Yeah, it wasn't. Well, Todd Graham has sold his self to the <laughs> devil again and uh he's done what is necessary. You know, he, got, he ASU kind of goes in waves <laughs> under him. He gets hot and then he goes cold and and they've obviously hit a hit a hot patch because they uh they're looking really good offensively, defensively. The thing that struck me was how they ran it down our throats. I mean, coming into that game, they're ranked tenth uh, in the conference at 127 yards a game, and they ran it for over 200 on us, and and a lot of that was on third down, which we just again we, to your point, we couldn't get off the field, and then again, when your defense can't get off the field, you're limiting the amount of opportunities that your offense is going to get, and. Let's let's be honest. Our offense needs every opportunity they can to find that rhythm, because we don't come out of the gates just humming. No, and w- and when they can't get
0: off the field, and then the offense goes three and out, it just adds to that problem. Bad, yeah, it's a it, bad
2: combination. It is. And and I mean, let's be honest. Whittingham, you know, he, he puts he had some comments that really kind of put things in perspective. When he says that as a staff, they're working 100-hour weeks to try and get this figured out. And he's, he himself is at, at a loss on some of these things. They're working hard. They're, uh, uh, they're identifying problems or working on them in practice. Seems to, you know, things be going well during the week, but then it comes game time, and, and, and they're not seeing those things translate. Which, again, I think that goes back to being a young team and inexperienced and, and in a lot of positions but uh, one of
0: the things that he said um I think it was in the post game that is kind of alarming is he doesn't he the offense has no identity I mean we're seven games into the season I mean, even in the past, when our offense has stunk. We had an identity. We had 1,000-yard rushers. We knew we could turn around, hand the ball off, and we'd pick up some yards, we'd pick up some first downs. Yeah, we struggled getting, getting in the end zone. We have for a couple of years now. But, I mean, Moss got, carried the ball four times in the first half.
2: Well, and I, I think some of that just comes down to, I think Troy Taylor's still finding his way. Because if you look at it, I mean... We knew we knew coming in he was going to throw the ball. That was that's what he did. But he didn't have at least a, a track record as far as running the ball. Early in the season, we were a read option team. The la- uh let's see, Stanford, USC. We pretty much went to the pr- pistol formation, uh, which we did a lot of last year uh, with uh, with Troy Williams. Last game, we're under center. Pitching the ball back.
1: Running in I-formation.
0: and, and we're Running tosses, but they're not tosses. They're not sweep tosses. They're tosses
2: like then they're going to run off tackle. Just a dive. It is, yeah, <laughs> it is a dive. And, and it just seems like, it almost seems like they're kind of grasping at stress, trying to figure out yeah. what's going to work. What are the strengths of this team? Because it seems like each week they're trying something new. It isn't something like this is going to be our identity and we will continue to work at this till we're great at it. It's like, well, that didn't work. Let's try something else. Maybe well, he
1: was right. They had only used 30% of the playbook the first <laughs> couple of weeks. Here's the thing is the injury to Tyler Huntley, I think, limits what oh, for sure. he wants to do, right? Because he was And they even himself. said that he sustained, or Huntley sustained an injury right before halftime and got evaluated in the, in the locker room at halftime for it.
2: Well, he, he he just that's where he got hit on his on his release and uh, kind of hung his arm for a minute. But they cleared him and said he was good to come. No, back. No, they in did. The and
1: I, Maybe that's why we're not and you can't run the read option with Williams in there, like you said. But maybe that's why we didn't see it at all with Arizona State because they can't really run Huntley oh. right
2: now. Yeah, I don't think they were willing to take any chances because well, you didn't see it, see anything really towards that in the first half.
0: No, not at all, and that kind of baffles me i know whittingham said that they went with huntley because he they felt as a coaching staff that he gave them the best chance to win but if you're not gonna utilize the talents that he brings to the field which a large part of that is his running ability if if you're not gonna let him run and it was obvious he didn't have the same zip on the football that he had earlier in the year so you've got half a quarterback is is half of Tyler Huntley I don't know if we want to go down this road is half of Tyler Huntley better than the other two quarterbacks on the roster Hello darkness my old friend
1: I don't I I don't know if we know that I don't I don't
2: even think it's worth arguing because we saw what happened and I think as much as we all wanted Tyler Huntley in that game, in retrospect, it's easy to say he obviously wasn't ready. We we should have gone with Troy Williams, and uh, but you know the coaches the you know you 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 put out some Twitter polls today on that very topic. I did. The question was: Are
0: the coaches mishandling the QB position? The choices were definitely. No, or Troy Williams' high school coach was right. D, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually an overwhelming no from all of you out in Twitter land. You don't feel that the QB position is being mishandled. So at least as fans... So at least we have that going for us. That is
2: progress, you
0: fans. We are we have turned a corner. <laughs> at least as fans, we feel like or if we feel like Tyler Huntley should be the quarterback.
2: I think I think the the allegiance to Tyler Huntley is so strong that even if things are being screwed up, people aren't going to admit it.
1: Oh, he got a standing ovation for running out on the field. Yeah, he did. And Troy was over there the
2: sideline going, son of a... <laughs> Where was those cheers when I took the failed yet? Just a hypothetical.
1: Scott, you threw out maybe there's some lacking leadership. With Williams being a captain, is there a lack of leadership?
2: Well, I, I don't know if we can answer I mean, that. We've seen we're, his body
1: language out there. I
2: mean, we're not in the locker rooms. We're not seeing what's going on. If you listen to Kyle Gunther on the radio, he's saying there's fist fights in the locker rooms <laughs> and people are pouring beer on each other. And because he's in there, because <laughs> he shows up to practice. But. Um, <laughs> Side note: No, I I don't think that we really know, and I'm not sure if it's real fair to to say, but I would. It does come across that is there leadership out there? Are yeah, guys step into the forefront and demanding that guys don't make mistakes, that they know their assignments going into the games. I mean, we saw you know wide receivers run running wrong routes, and I love that
1: Huntley ran over to him and would with- yell at them that they're not doing it correctly i love that at a quarterback
2: yeah well you need that and granted the uh, brian thompson he's a young guy you know still getting some reps so you're, you're gonna you're gonna have some mistakes but i mean even from from kylie fitz and uh and our uh, and bradley and i we've, we finally got our starters back and and whittingham said that we were just making mistakes on the edges in in the run game and and so those are the types of things when you're getting those types of mistakes from I, I, Bradley and I. Are still young, um, as a true sophomore, but Fitz isn't though. Fitz isn't, and uh, no, you know nobody's going to play a perfect game. There's there's going to be times where they get beat or they do miss an assignment. But it did seem like you know there's been a lot of those this year. And uh, the the thing, and again, this is just observation from the game. In years past, our defense flies to the ball. The pursuit of all the defenders has been it's just just—it's fun to watch, and it doesn't seem like it's there. We had guys stopped in the backfield and were able to break a tackle, and nobody else was there to clean up. And 20 yards later. And they, and they get around the edge, and they, yeah, they're getting first downs, and... It just didn't seem like we've got guys flying to the ball like in years past, and defenses have passed that really is the tradition of the, of this defense and a, of this football team, and to me, that's what's a little disappointing, and I get that you're we young, but it being simply hustling and and gang tackling just doesn't seem to be there.
1: I think Scott, you bring up a good point, so Ryan, you threw out a poll as well. That was, what's wrong with Utah's pass rush? Injuries, lack of quality, depth, talent, or coaching. And injuries is, is leading that pull. Um, but I, I want to read this. Here's Johnny at Johnny J20 said, we don't have that guy who can constantly get pressure like PETA, Nate, or Hunter like we've had for the last decade plus.
0: I, I think there's definitely truth there to there that. There's some truth to that. I mean, you hear the coaches talk all the time that it starts up front. It's not starting up front right now. I mean, the pass rush is non-existent. We've had one sack in three games, and it came from a linebacker on a blitz. I mean, even the as good as we think Lowell and Mokafisi are, they're they're not getting penetration. They're not stopping the run like we've seen in the past. The edges are getting uh, getting. Eaten up on the edges, and then I know it doesn't help when you're missing Tatioli and Chase Hansen on the backside either, and then their replacements get kicked
2: out of the game. I mean, you're just that's that's just bad. But well, but and I do agree. I do agree that to an, to an extent, do we have that guy? Do we have that elite pass rusher? But in limited reps last year, we saw that out of Bradley and I. Now, granted, I understand it was late in games. Maybe he's going up at that point against some you know, second-string second, second string O-linemen. But he showed last year the ability to get to the quarterback in multiple games. We've seen it from Fitz. And, again, yeah, they have not been able to stay healthy. So that's, that's definitely going to play a part. And hopefully as they get healthy, if they're able to, we're going to see some progress in that. But that that's what has taken me by, back by a little bit of a surprise is the fact that we just, there's no pass rush. And and even if you're going to give, you're going to sacrifice the pass rush, then you should be able to keep everybody in position to stop the run. Should be able to do one of the two. Yeah. and And you're really not seeing it. Granted, they were great against Stanford and they were, they were pretty darn good against USC early, but they, they did. They ran out of gas and, and they were awful late in that USC game. And then really just never got it going against ASU. So to me, the, the defensive line, um, on, uh, on the defense is my biggest disappointment. Linebackers, they are what we expected of them. Secondary, in my opinion, has still exceeded expectations because, they're they're being asked to re, to defend and cover guys longer because we can't get to the quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So their job is becoming more uh, be, becoming tougher for that very reason. So it does. It starts with the defense, and until they can actually get some pressure and figure some things out, I mean, I don't I don't know if things are going to change. You know, we used to rely on our defense. Say, okay, they're going to keep they're going to keep the team under, you know, twenty points. I'm not sure with this current team if that's a realistic expectation going down the rest of the season. this puts even more pressure on the offense, we have got to start scoring points because I don't think we've got the defense this year that we can just say, go win us this game.
1: I completely disagree. Okay. They're holding teams in the Pac-12 to manageable points that we should be winning games. I think the defense... Yes, they've had some errors. They they held ASU to 20 points. I'm gonna put seven on the pick, touchdown, and then on the interception they got the field goal. Correct. If you hold the Pac-12 team to 20 points, you should win. And they did only hold. The, they held them to 340 some odd yeah, yards. I mean, I mean, and I'm not. It, I'm, not but, 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 I'm not giving but them but a pass. I'm not giving them a the pass. Had time have, of no, possession. No, me talk. Had the not, time of possession. Look and that's on the offense no, it's as well. It's the not. offense has got to
2: sustain drives. The offense has got to help the defense out. But it's a two-way street because you've got to get that other team off the field. Okay, it it is
1: a two-way street exactly. However, the defense they made mistakes. I'm not I'm not saying that they played a perfect game. They didn't. They gave way uh, – over 200 yards. We talked about over 200 yards on the ground to ASU, who's not a very good rushing team this year. Pretty poor. Okay? And they're not getting pressure on the quarterback. However, to, with all those problems and still hold the team to 20 points. Well,
2: because they're, they're doing they're doing what Utah does. They're, they The bend don't break. They're giving up a ton of yards but they're they're doing pretty good once they get in the red zone. They're they're forcing teams into field goals, which was, is great. Okay,
1: so the defense was on the field for 36 minutes. The offense was only on the field for 23. That's a whole freaking quarter of that the defense played. Of course it and is. And only giving up 20 points. I'm not going to call it a win, but the offense has got to do more. Of course, the well, offense has got to do. That's just more. what we spent 20 minutes harping on. The defense is good on, enough. The defense is good enough to win us games. The offense has got to step up, and I don't know if it's Troy Taylor needs to get his butt up in the booth, if he needs to stop relying on the pass. But if if they, if they want to change things around, the offense has got to help this defense out.
2: Well, it's a team game. You've everybody's got to everybody's got to show up and play. My point is this defense is not as strong as years past and there's really no denying that. I'm not I'm not saying they're a liability. They're not. But they they're not as effective as the as defenses in years past, which is all my point is that's putting more pressure on the offense and you have to be able to score more points. This is the Pac-12. This is not in the Mountain West. Teams have offenses outside of us.
0: <laughs> that was the whole reason that Troy Taylor was brought in to score points, and it is it, not happening. And as much as we harped on the defense, I, I would kind of side with Cameron a little bit. The very In the grand scheme of that whole game, this didn't matter because it didn't play out, but it very easily could have been 21 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Oh, for sure. And it could've. was it was 9 0 because the defense stepped up on short fields and held them well, to
1: the end. Well, and they've goals.
2: done that all season long. They did that against Stanford. You know, they forced USC. I mean, they're forcing teams to kick field goals versus giving up um, you know, getting into the end zone. So for sure. There's no there's no doubt about that. But if they continue to struggle on third down and can't get off the field. They're going to continue to find themselves in these similar situations week in and week out. You've got to get off the field on third down. Whittingham talked about in his press conference today how how bad they were on third down. And if you can't get off the field, you just keep giving the other team life. And and they've really struggled with that all season long. USC killed us. No, I'm, That is a great point,
1: right? USC, especially in that second half, killed us on third down. <laughs> As I said earlier a s u was fifty percent on third down. that's way too much to give up, but at the end of the day, the offense can't go three and out
2: no no well I, the 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 offense i mean that was a pathetic performance by the offense and and we're we're not gonna get at any point this year. I don't expect it unless we also have an a s u switch that we just haven't hit yet but At no point are we just going to, you know, steamroll folks, and all of a sudden it's just going to click. It doesn't. It. I don't anticipate that. If you remember back to 2003, Urban Meyer's first year, he came in, got the offense going. We had games where it looked pretty darn good, and then we had other games where we struggled. Still had a good season, won 10 ball games, but the offense was not a machine. The next year is when it took off. We had a full season under our belts, two off seasons for the team to figure things out, and it took off. I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to get that next year with Troy Taylor, that this offense is going to be unstoppable next year like it was in 04. But you've got to give them a little bit of time. These guys have switched through so many different offenses and, and language. And it's, uh, you know, in college football, it's just, it takes time to get especially with a young team, to get everybody going. I just I just expected we would not be this far behind at this point in the season.
1: Okay, so Ryan, I know you did a, a poll about this. Before we get to that, uh, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors. Uh, we're brought to you by Farmers Insurance for, for protecting your home, vehicle, and family. Look to Farmers Insurance, Costco Omer at 801-307-4046.
0: Yeah, the poll I put out there was how much time does Troy Taylor need before this offense is effective? The choices were one year, two years, or seven games. The overwhelming answer from all of you out there was two years. Most people agree that it's going to take some time for this offense to click. So that's saying at least at some point next season we – It'll be
1: more effective than
0: what we're seeing right now. Thanks, <laughs> Booner. <Hey>,
1: <laughs> so, Ryan, I think you had one more poll I really wanted to talk about.
0: Yeah, it was who's at fault for Utah's offensive struggles? Choices were Troy Taylor, the players, execution wise, and Or Whittingham.
2: Or D, all of the above. <laughs>
0: Fifty-three percent of you said the players executing is the biggest problem. Thirty-seven percent say Troy Taylor's the problem, and there's ten percent of you out there that said Whittingham is the problem. Dude, there's fans that, that want Whittingham gone. It's ridiculous.
2: I mean, don't get me wrong; he's not a perfect coach, and uh, but let's be honest, folks, we're not gonna we're not gonna run him off at this point. There, there is something to the fact, though, that we are cursed in some ways offensively. I mean, it really doesn't matter who we bring in as OC. I mean, we could, we could, we could throw Cam in there next week, and and I'll bet you we get similar performances. I hate him so much. <laughs> That's a compliment, all wise one. I honestly hate Scott. <laughs> no, but my point is. Any of us could go in there. Well, you and-
0: could turn and throw a pass to the sideline and throw a pick six, couldn't
2: I'm not- you? <laughs> well, well, I'm not talking about playing. <laughs> but we seriously are cursed. There, there, has Somebody at some point has done something that has just put some bad juju over the program. And no coach has been able to figure it out. Oh, All right. So, our next segment is brought to you by Optimism. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, that was a fun segment. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you got on optimism? It's just All right, no, but let's talk about that for a minute. What what did you take away? What is there to take away positive from that game? Huntley's a fighter. Okay. He that's wasn't
1: good. 100%. He still gave it his all. Went out there and I saw a leader forming when wide receivers were making mistakes he went up and got after him for it i like that as i said i like that in a quarterback takeaway huntley's a fighter and he's becoming a leader on the field
0: and he he owned it in the press conference after the game too said i wasn't good enough or we weren't good enough i think is what he what he said but i mean that's that's taking ownership from the from that quarterback leader position
2: all right peace what do you got We've got the best punter in the nation. That was mine. <laughs> I knew I should have gone first. Ryan, to still my answer.
0: The only cheers in the stadium came from the punting outside of the fumble recovery that was shortly overturned. Mine would be on the same.
2: We actually have a long snapper. <laughs> That is good. Now, he doesn't have much juice on the ball yet. It just kind of floats back there. But it's hitting the spot where it needs to. So we'll take it. Jesus. So anytime that you hit the right spot, you're going to give Mitch the opportunity to pooch it on down there. At some point, I really want, as a Ute fan, where our biggest optimism is not on special teams... I mean, I'm, I'm not asking that we just give up on special teams and we just become bad at it. But does it have to always be our strength? <laughs> okay, so I think we can wrap that up
1: with Arizona State. I'm sick of talking about the Sun Devils and their Britney Spears head coach. <laughs> so Utah's traveling to Eugene to take on the Oregon Ducks. Oregon, kind of in the same boat as Utah. They've lost three straight Pac-12 games, but their starting quarterback, Justin Herbert, has been out, so they've been relying on a true freshman, and and it's showing. It, so
2: we need. To, mean, even today, need it sounds like we he, we may Herbert need to like be Ace Ventura this thing and like kidnap him just in case. <laughs> 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 just Dan Marino him and his isotoners, <laughs> laces out Dan, because AS, or excuse and me, my I'm in Psychoville and Finkel's the mayor. But Oregon has been awful, absolutely awful. Well, yeah, without him, if U.S. if UCLA destroyed him like that, UCLA is not good. Well, so Oregon has allowed uh, thirty-seven, twenty-four, thirty-three, forty-nine, and thirty-one points given up in conference play. I That's bet we a, score seventeen. Dear, dear old, I, I'm I'm actually on Twitter right now, and uh, credit dear old Crimson for uh, for popping that up. But uh, but they give up points. So uh, they may be the recipe that our offense needs to get some momentum and get a little bit of confidence and find the end zone because they're giving up points, and they're not scoring any points. Well, let's hope it was. it's like it was two years
0: ago and went up there and dropped 62 on them. I don't see that
1: happening. But uh, So one thing I was crazy I took away from the well, We would need uh,
2: Travis Wilson to come out of retirement for that. <laughs>
1: The thing I thought was crazy with the UCLA-Oregon game, UCLA's rush defense is terrible, right? You know that from last year, they're just as bad as this year, giving up over 300 yards a game. Oregon only rushed for 246 yards on them. I mean, that's a lot of rushing yards. But when UCLA's giving up over 300 and you're at 246 on 62 carries, they have a lot of problems on offense. 62 carries? So, yeah, they rushed the – 62 carries uh their backup quarterback Braxton Burmeister thank you burmeister no let
2: f- him figure it out on his own don't I right. like, give him flashcards.
1: <laughs> 8 of 15 for 74 yards wait
2: who is the quarterback again
1: we just call him Braxton i mean that the, the Who's guy sweet <laughs> Like, you know, like my group of friends. We say, oh, did you guys watch Braxton with or- at Oregon <laughs> this last week? But yeah, he only threw 15, 15 times for 74 yards. But I think that kind of shows that they don't really have a lot of faith in in this young quarterback. How many of those 62 were was the quarterback rushing? 16. Uh, Royce Freeman had a, had a heck of a game. 29 carries, 160 yards. But still, 246 yards rushing, and and Oregon only puts up 14 points. I agree with you, Scott. I think this could be a game that that's just what Utah needs to maybe flip that switch that that we want to see. I agree, but the my biggest takeaway from that is
0: Royce Freeman still plays for Oregon. <laughs> I think it's been 12 years. I swear.
2: I think he was in the same <laughs> recruiting classes that uh, Perry guy at. Uh Kansas. <laughs> okay. I think they came in the same year. John Peace was a senior <laughs> in high school that year. No, he's he has been at Oregon forever. It seems that way. And and he's but he's been he's been very productive for them over these uh these four years. So yeah, I mean I suspect it's gonna be a lot of the same. We're gonna give up yards between the twenties and hopefully we're able to to keep him out of the end zone. Um and then, after that performance you we have to have a breakout performance. We have got to find a way to start scoring some points, get some big plays. I believe we had the the longest play from scrimmage was seventeen yards against ASU It's the first game all season we've not had a, a run of over twenty or excuse me a play of over twenty yards, so there was nothing. That really came out of that ASU game. Luckily, we're not going to be going up against the same type of uh, um, of defense, unless uh, unless our we're traveling with our sheets <laughs> and uh, Oregon is, starts picking off our plays. But well, it'll be interesting to see if there's any changes
0: this week to the to anything with the offense. I mean, Whittingham kind of alluded.
2: Well, let's see. We've been under center. We've done shotgun, <laughs> pistol. What else is there? The wing for. <laughs>
1: Wing T. Hey, I'm a Roger DuPay kind of guy. Let's bring it out. Let's try the Air Force <laughs> triple option attack.
0: No, but I think Whittingham alluded today that uh, there's a chance that uh, Taylor might move up to the to the booth. Um, it didn't sound
2: like Taylor was interested in that. But, but it uh, sounds like Whittingham may force Wh- him may, to. May pull the head coaching card here <laughs> and just tell him what he's doing.
0: But he also talked about how they need to get away from some of the tendencies. It's apparent that there are some tendencies, as you listen to the opposing defenses after each of the last couple of games.
2: So, will we see a different? I think it's going to be called I, game. I, I think it's going to de- de- be determined whether Huntley runs the ball, because it's no secret. If he's running the ball, it adds another dynamic to the offense. And I think it helps get him into a rhythm. It seemed like him just sitting back in the pocket, he never got into that rhythm. I mean, he's at his best. We've seen it early on in the season when he's able to get out of the pocket, run the ball, pick up a first down, scramble, throw on the run. He gets into a rhythm, and he's better. And when he's better, the offense is going to be better. I do. I do think you're going to see probably Troy Taylor be a lot more disciplined in in running the ball this week against Oregon, and they're not going to go into halftime giving uh, Moss four carries. Yeah, I think. I think, I think. I think. you'll see they will have learned from that, and they're going to run it I down. I think their you're throats. right,
0: and I hope you're right because Moss does need to carry the
1: ball a lot more than twelve times for the game. Okay, and before we kind of give our predictions of the game and Pac-12 games of the week. That's brought to you by our sponsors at Double Tree Suites by Hilton in Salt Lake City, downtown 110 West 600 South 801 359 7800. And they are the Pac 12 preferred hotel in Salt Lake City. So Utah's traveling to Eugene. They're a three and a half point favorite for Utah. This week, Ryan, you're going first. What's your score?
0: Last week, I picked Utah to win big and score a lot of points, and we all see where that got us. I'm picking Utah to win. They're going to bounce back, but I'm gonna, it's going
2: to be a little bit lower scoring. Uh, 24-14, Utah. Scott? You know, I really don't have a clue. Might as well just throw a dart at the dartboard, because I really don't know what to expect from this team. So, I'm going to just say 28-26. Hmm, Utah. Whoa, a close one.
1: I really don't think this game's going to be close, especially if Herbert isn't playing and Braxton is the quarterback for Oregon.
2: Braxton, remind me of his last name again.
1: Taggart in his press conference was even saying today that he's hoping Herbert drinks a lot of milk this week because that's how bad they want him back
2: out on the field. So if we drink a lot of milk, will our (laughs) offense be good? (laughs) Willie Taggart said so. (laughs) So I think
1: Utah, I think a lot of wrongs get written correctly this week. 27-14, Utah.
2: I, I love your rises. Right. I love your blind optimism. It's so refreshing.
1: Okay, and as we like to do to end every episode, we do a couple Pac-12 games. On the season, I'm leading it. I'm 19-2 and with my picks. Ryan's 18-3, and three, and Scott's all alone at the bottom, 17-4. and four.
2: Wow. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, you know, it just makes the rise that much sweeter.
1: All right, the first game we're picking is Washington State is traveling to Tucson against the Arizona Wildcats. Right now as we're recording this on Monday night, Washington State's a three-point favorite. Ryan, who do you got? Oh,
0: this could be an interesting game because they're both playing pretty well. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Washington State.
2: Scott? Dang, this should be a good game. I uh, Washington State is very underrated defensively. They they are near the top in a lot of statistic uh, statistical categories defensively. So I'm actually, uh, this would be a game... Uh, it's really important to, uh, to Rich Rod, so I'm just, uh, so I'm going to go with the mighty, mighty Cougars. <laughs> all
1: right, so Rich Rod came out this week, or today, and said that Washington State's the best defense that he's seen so far in the Pac-12. But I'm telling you, no one can stop that Tate kid. I'm going with the Wildcats. I saw a stat today on all of his touchdown runs. He's averaging, He's
2: averaging 57, 57 yards. yards. <laughs> They're all long ones. He would solve our red zone issues. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In the
1: next game, the Cal Golden Bears are traveling to Boulder, Colorado to take on the Buffs. Colorado is a three-point favorite. Both teams, 4-4, four 1-4 four, in the league. Ryan, where are you going? I would say Cal
0: goes in and gets an upset. Scott? I'm going to go with the Golden Bears on this
1: because Colorado is just awful. I'm going to go with Cal as well. Cal's been surprising people playing really well this season. And Colorado, I mean, they went to a true freshman last week. They're having a lot of problems. So I'm going to go with the Cal Golden Bears. And then our last game, the USC Trojans coming off getting rocked by notre dame is traveling tempe to take on the arizona state sun devils usc is only a three-point favorite right now ryan where are you going
0: i'm gonna say asu keeps it going and get the win at home
1: scott
2: i think this is gonna be a coin flick because usc i'm not sure how well they're gonna score on asu but then at the same time, I'm not sure how well ASU will score on USC. So being that it's in Tempe, I'm going to go with USC.
1: So I really thought that the USC-Notre Dame game was going to be close. It it wasn't. USC did not look good, and ASU is playing really well right now. Sam Darnold is banged up. It'll be really interesting to see how he can bounce back off of that poor performance and how healthy he's going to be this week. So for all those reasons, I'm taking the Sun Devils. Alright, Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter?
0: At Drum and Feather. That's drum, the letter N, feather.
1: And Scott?
2: Okay, you can find me at UteMan uh, underscore forever.
1: Alright, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. Those are our home at com. Before we go, I'm to give a big shout out on Twitter to Wendy. She's at 1138 Wendoid. It's a great follow. Always fun to interact with on Twitter. Thanks for the support. Hopefully Utah gets a W against the Ducks. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be that
2: guy. We're good. Let's cut it. The views
0: and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.
2: All right, so our next segment is brought to you by Optimism. <laughs> and uh, that was a fun segment. Moving on. I feel like I'm in a, like a horror movie, and there's like a girl in white singing upstairs. Just, <laughs> just floating. I hope she comes to stab you. Floating. Going to come down the stairs. No eyeballs. <laughs> Pale. Come back. Dark hair.
0: Third and five.
2: (laughs) First down. ASU. And it's actually not going to be a woman that floats down the stairs. It's going to be like a Pac 12 referee. (laughs) And he's going to over explain everything. I still
1: can't get over the la la. <laughs> la 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 la
2: That's another University of Utah interception. <laughs> la 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 la. I this brought is. to you by Les Schwab. <laughs> la la. la
0: I'm gonna call Scott for targeting. <laughs> you have to miss the first half of next week's episode.
1: Thank you. La, 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 la.
2: I'll be outside the outside the house, just outside the window. La, 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 la. Oh shoot. <laughs> you can't tell me this is not a horror flick. I'm serious.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: We're stuck in a time continuum. <laughs> la, 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 la.
0: Todd Graham stealing plays again.
2: La, la.
1: Quick, hide behind the
0: sheet. <laughs> la, 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 la.
1: I can see you.
0: The best part was there was four of them and they still got stolen. <laughs>
2: Seriously. You knew he was going to be stealing plays. They made they made sheets and hid behind <laughs> them <laughs> and it still didn't work.